Good morning. It is Friday, the third day of February in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning with a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a holy and living sacrifice to you. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our reading today is called, When the Roof Starts Falling In, Part 2. Our text is Luke 5, verses 20 to 26. Hear the word of the Lord. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. Previously on when the roof starts falling in, the friends are friends forever for got the word Jesus was in town. And rather than claim their seats, their impulse was to run and get their fifth friend, the man who was paralyzed, and bring him to the meeting with Jesus. By the time they arrived, it was packed out. No room in the inn. Stunningly, They were not diverted. Likely, one of them, there's one in every four, had the bold idea of creating an alternative entrance. They created a door through the roof. Who does this? People who love their friend with the love of God do this. 
when Jesus would later call on his disciples to lay down their life for their friends, this had to be one of those kinds of examples. Suffice it to say, this was an extraordinary scene with the excavation of the roof and the lowering of a paraplegic to the floor right in front of Jesus. The disruption and damage had to be at least moderately infuriating to the homeowner as well as to the crowd, especially the Pharisees. Not Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Did you catch that? When Jesus saw their faith. The friends. It would seem that in order to forgive someone of their sins, it would require a showing of the sinner's faith. And who was even asking for forgiveness anyway? This was one of those caricatures of holiness I referred to yesterday. In those days, the standard assumption of religious folk about a paralyzed or blind or leprous or other outwardly handicapped person was, who sinned? It was a karma-like system. Either this person or his parents had sinned, which explained why such calamity had befallen him. You know the old adage, God has a reason for everything. Jesus isn't having it. He crushes this line of reasoning, upending it with an unsolicited declaration of divine forgiveness. It was as though Jesus were saying, Sin had nothing to do with this paralysis. Sure, this man was a sinner, just like everybody else, but he had lived who knows how long with the deep, shame-based identity that the sin on him was worse than everyone else. He wore his paralysis like a badge of shame, a scarlet letter. That's what shame does to a person. It turns one's inmost being into something between a hall of mirrors and a torture chamber. Our vision of ourself becomes so distorted we will actually contort ourselves to fit the broken image. We think we deserve what we got. We don't merit love because we are unlovable, not worthy of love. This is the way this whole system works. The leprosy of the skin becomes the leprosy of the heart. The affliction of the body becomes the paralysis of the inmost being. When religion moves to separate the body and the soul, it has the effect of perpetuating human brokenness. It's why, when it comes to healing, Jesus treats both the inmost being and the outward body. It has taken centuries for the practice of medicine to catch on, and sadly, even longer for the church. It's why the ultimate healers are people who serve in the medical profession as the bona fide agents of Jesus. It's why in a minute he's going to ask my favorite Jesus question of all times, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk. Jesus says both. 
and the rest is history. The prayer, Our Father, open the eyes of my heart to behold what you are revealing in this iconic moment of history. Jesus in the house and not the synagogue. Pharisees on the front row and not the temple courts. Place packed beyond standing room and a paralyzed man being lowered by friends through the ceiling. And Jesus takes on the whole thing, asking which is easier to say, heal the body or heal the soul? And he does something so fantastically beautiful, we're still marveling at it. He does both. Holy Spirit, would you interpret this miracle to my deepest soul, into my body and my inmost being? Would you bring me the deep integration of heaven and earth into my very body. This is the miracle I long for, and it's easy for you. Praying in Jesus' name, amen. The question, how does today's text and reflection challenge your thinking? How does it encourage your heart? How does it have you thinking about the integration of body and soul in your own life? What questions does it raise for you? For our hymn today, we're going to go with Shine Jesus Shine and finish the race on that one again. And we're going to sing the chorus, verse 3, and then the chorus again on our seedbed hymnal. It's number 200. And 17. Here we go. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light as we gaze on your kingly brightness so our faces display your likeness ever changing from glory to glory mirrored here may our lives tell your story shine on me Shine on me, shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, 
Lord, and let there be light. Amen. What a prayer for awakening. That's a good one to go out into the day singing on this Friday as we sow for a great awakening. I will see you out on the fields today sowing the seeds. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.